Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, AsianBoxing.info. Scott, we made it to a second week, two consecutive weeks in a row for the podcast. Better watch out. Nothing's stopping us now. You've got some momentum. Yeah, we're, we're tumbling forward. We're moving the speed of light. AsianBoxing.info. Remember, uh, it's the site uh, where all your Asian boxing needs will be fulfilled. Videos, this podcast, Asian news. Scott does a great job of just putting it all together uh, and putting it uh, on this site for your enjoyment. Speaking of your enjoyment, we had a, a decent title bout this past weekend. Gary Russell Jr., Mr. Gary Russell Jr., who comes out once a year. It's like Groundhog Day. It's like Christmas. And he's very enjoyable when he does fight, but we would like to, to watch it uh, watch him a little bit more. He fought King Tug for the WBC featherweight title. And it, this was a close one, Scott. I missed it, but you got to watch it. It was a lot closer than David. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, the judge had it eight, 10 rounds to two, I believe. It was competitive. Russell Jr. just got off to a really good start. Naomi Oz's pressure didn't tell until um, sort of round five or six, and then it became very compelling, very competitive, and very exciting. Naomi Oz just completely struggled to get off get off at all in the first sort of four rounds. He just followed Russell Jr. around, kept eating jabs. Had he thrown a couple of double jabs, had he set combinations going in those early rounds, it would have been really close, but instead it's kind of one of those clear but competitive decisions that Russell Jr. deserved. And Miami, I will learn from. He'll now realise, I've got to fight for 12 rounds in a 12-round fight. Uh, the way he finished it was fantastic. The last three or four rounds, fantastic to watch and really, really good fight overall. Where does he move after this? Well, what's his next bout going to be? There's nothing rumoured yet, but you can imagine he's going to be fighting in and around world level. There's no point going backwards too far. Either a former champion, someone like TJ Dehenny perhaps, or why not the Kanzu fight? That would be a hell of a fun one. Um, as far as I'm aware, that could be made. There's no reason why it couldn't, and it would be, um, it'd be a really interesting all-Asian fight with himself and Zhu. Uh, maybe somebody else, maybe someone you know, like Ryan Walsh or Jack DePauw to try and rebuild some momentum, but there's options out there. It, I don't see a champion wanting to face him other than maybe Zoo wanting to build his name again this year, but he's going to remain in the mix. He's young enough to come back. He's only 27 now. He needs to be more active, though, because he's only fought once, not once last year and once the year before. That's... <laughs> Gary Russell level activity, and it's not enough for somebody who's only had 12 pro bouts. That was like the the bout between the most inactive guys in the sport. Not a good look. Don't want to be inactive. You want to get out there and actually fight. But for Nyambar, a good test, right? I mean, you're you're going up against one of the one of the best in the lower weight classes. I know we don't get to see Russell Jr. a lot, but his one loss was against Lomachenko who many considered to be one of the best in the world. And for him to put up a good showing, hey, that's that's positive. That's a positive thing. And you're going in the right direction if you're King Tug. Yeah, as long as he stays active, he cannot have another year where he then spends the next 10, 11, 12 months out of the ring. Otherwise, any of the goodwill that is built from this 
performance, even in a loss, will just be lost. He should be looking for a summer return, build on that, move towards a second world title fight, build some sort of momentum, don't have this stop-start career that eats away any potential he's got. He's still in his prime. He still has the ability to go to the top. He just needs to make sure he is active this year. Over to Japan, where we have boxing during the week, and it's always my favorite thing. You know, you're just, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, you're in the middle of your work week, and hey, there's a fight on. Kento Hatanaka uh, was fighting for the WBC Youth Flyweight title, defending it, and uh, we got to see the Prince. How'd he do? We did indeed get to see the Prince due to CBC coming through with a brilliant, really high quality stream for free globally. It was fantastic. Hatanaka, however, wasn't as fantastic as I think we all expected. He was in control early on, and then Roland J. Biedema, the Filipino challenger, really put Hatanaka under pressure, reset really rack up some rounds, at least on the cards in the neutral, and gave Hatanaka absolute hell. Hatanaka was bloodied around the nose in round three. He had damages by the end of it. He knew he'd been in a fight. Hatanaka deserved the win, but I believe the cards were like 99-90, which weren't a fair reflection of the fight. This was a really, really tough, really bruising 10-round back and forth. Uh, one of the best fights of the year so far, and it was brilliantly streamed for free uh, by the Japanese TV company. See, these are the small little fights. And, and this is not a little fight because you get a, a kind of a superstar like or an up-and-coming star like Hatanaka in Japan. But to the world, when you put it in the grand scheme of things, it's a small fight. This is where you get the the hidden gem, right? Where you get um, a, a great, great battle between two guys. Yeah, that was a hidden gem of a fight. There was also Hiroki Hanabusa with a hidden gem of a body shot on the undercard. So fans want knockouts. So Hanabusa with a beauty... Fans wanting great fights, got Hatanaka being Dima. Uh, there's no real excuse for these sorts of shows not to be shown more often because they always turn out something worthwhile. We want more during the week fights. It, you don't have to fight only on Saturday or Friday. How about a Monday bout? How about, about a reasonable time on a Monday? There's no point putting them on at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. This was around midday Japan time and it's perfect for fans in the US, believe it or not. And if you're in Japan, you could be going, getting your bento at lunch, sitting down and watching watching some boxing. There's nothing like it. Bento and boxing. And because it's on YouTube, you didn't need to be near TV. You could just sneak your phone out at work. Just don't get in trouble with the boss. Be careful. We're not encouraging watching fights during work. We don't want to get you fired. It's AsianBoxing.info. Scott and Colin hanging out with you as we travel through the boxing world that is Asia. It's big, it's large, and uh, we have a good time covering it. Now, Manana, we have some good fights. One of my favorite fighters right now on the Japanese scene. I still want him to to go as far. I think he can go as far as he uh, chooses. Shuichiro Yoshino. Yoshino had last year unified the Japanese RPBF and WBO Asia Pacific titles. He is one of, yeah, like you said, he can go as far as he wants, really. He is a fantastic boxer, a brutal puncher. His knockouts against Kazumasa Kobayashi 
and Hamanita Dilatar with brutal left hooks. He's such a talent, and he seems to know that he's a real talent. He's speaking about advancing into fighting um, stateside later in the year if he comes past Izuki Tomioka in what is a mandatory defence of the Japanese title. Tomioka shouldn't be overlooked, though. He's a good outside fighter. He gave Masayoshi Nakatani real trouble earlier on in his career, uh, losing to Nakatani in the 11th round of a very, very competitive bout. He has the skills to ask real questions of Yoshino. But, yeah, you've got to go with the puncher here. You've got to go with Yoshino, the unbeaten champion, the rising star of the Japanese lightweight scene. Usually, the Japanese are very strong from super featherweight down. I mean, they've had some lightweight champs, but it w- how great would it be to have Yoshino not only break through and dominate the domestic scene like we see him do, but then jump onto the world scene and, and make some noise? It certainly sounds like that's what he's got in mind for later in the year. He, as I mentioned, is talking about fighting the U.S. He knows he's not at Lomachenko's level. He knows that's a mile ahead of where he is, but he's taking steps forward. And yeah, I think I think he can certainly hang with some of the guys in and around world class. Maybe not the top of the top, but the sort of top ten he could probably hold his own with. So it'd be fantastic to see him make that mark. And over time, another couple of years. The division might weaken a little bit, and he may get, you know, the shot at the top. Maybe wait till Lomachenko retires. Because I, I love Lomachenko, but you're right. There's not a lot of guys who can hang with him. Daigo Higa, also on this card, making his return. I think maybe people are going to be more excited for this because of the electric fighter that Higa was. Yeah, Higa's fighting for the first time in almost two years. Of course, I think we've gone over this a few times. He was suspended after... The Christopher Rosales bout when he failed to make weight. The Japanese commission suspended him for sort of 18 months, allowed him to get his license um, last December, last November. He had been expected to fight on the December card with Ryota Murata, but held it off. And we're going, we'll be going up against Jason Buena Obra, a tough Filipino, the only fighter to have gone the distance with Carla Yamas Martin. Buena Obra is naturally bigger than Higa. He looked good at the weigh-in. He looks strong. He's a southpaw. He's not a pushover, but you'd still expect Higa to take the victory here. For Higa, gosh, he was one of the guys I thought would be the next Inoue or Tanaka with his punching power, with how, how he was just sparking guys left and right. Where do you think his position is in this new weight class i know we haven't really we haven't seen him fight in this new weight class but where do you think he fits in not only domestically but beyond that i think in terms of domestic he's beyond domestic level i don't think there's any chance in going back there um in terms of japanese rankings he's probably already the number two or number three the country has right now behind the inuit brothers i think it's obvious he's not going to go back and fight like sukita kurihara or Yusuke, Suzuki, anything like that. He's going to be looking for a world title fight. He seemed to mention that there's potential for him to fight for a world title later this year. And I think it's hard to expect anything but that. As to which champion or where or when, that's the harder thing to call. I suspect he has a look at the title scenario come December. 
because there's a good chance all the belts are going to end up around one <laughs> around one guy by then. If not, it could be that he looks for the WBA regular title um, or tries to work his way into an eliminator at either bantamweight or perhaps, if necessary, super bantamweight. He has too much talent to even bother with the domestic scene. The Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, the day after that great card, we get one on Valentine's Day. It's supposed to be all about love, but in Japan, it's going to be boxing. It's going to be fighting. By the way, Scott, what are, what are, you, what are your plans for Valentine's Day? Uh, staying out of the house, you, because I think she might be angry at me for the weekend. <laughs> the doghouse. Permanently. Oh man, you you got you you have to do something fun with her on Valentine's Day. Oh, what about yourself? Uh, no, I'm I I don't have another half, so I'm just gonna be uh, I don't know, working, doing some. I'm I'm the lucky one. The lucky one. All right, I'll take your word for it. Uh, we do have a fight, a couple of fights though. A good, a decent looking card. Saludar, Yamauchi. We get to see Nakajima. Who? Yeah, out of all the guys fighting on this card, who uh, catches your eye? I think the obvious one is Froyland Saladar. Uh, he's in the main event defending his regional title against Ryuji Fukunaga. I think Saladar, just because of the name, has to catch the eye. But it's, yeah, Ryota Yamauchi, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's really exciting. He's really talented. He's already in the world rankings with the, with the WBA. Uh, Yuki Nakajima versus Shisui Kawabata is the pick of the bouts. Um, yeah, strange one. Saluda is the fighter that catches the eye. Nakajima Kawabata is the bout that catches the eye. On Valentine's Day, a lot of love. But uh, in Tokyo, Japan, just a bunch of guys beating each other up. Nothing more that I would love to see on a day that's supposed to be made for chocolates and roses and kisses instead we're gonna get right and left hooks you know straight rights uh out of all the guys on on this list who do you think can jump to that world level i'm very much fun of yamauchi i think he has the potential to be in the world title mix in the next couple of years he was really unlucky in his loss to wulan tualazzi the guy that kosei tanaka stopped at the end of the year nakajima versus kawabata this is mentioned a really interesting bout. And both these guys are really young. Kawabata had been sparring with Noya Inoue before his professional debut, before Kawabata's debut. Nakajima is a really exciting talent. Uh, he was outthought and outfought by Ryo Horikawa last year, but he has the potential to rebuild from that and going to become a big star. So there's three guys I'd circle as future potential world champions or world title challenges Yamauchi, Nakajima, Kawabata. You mentioned Kosei Tanaka in your last uh, spiel there and one of his former opponents really gave him probably the best fight that we've seen uh, in a, a long time. One of the best fights that we've seen in a long time is Shokimura. Well he's back in the ring and he'll be back the day after Valentine's Day Saturday um, on the 15th, Shokimura, Merlito Sabilo in the Philippines. This on paper is, should be better than it actually is. It's two former world champions. It's, a, you know, Kimura's first bout since losing to Carlos Canizales since the 
Aoki Jim Claus is his Filipino debut, I believe. Um, but yeah, Sabio is there to get beat, if we're being honest. Sabio might be the hometown favourite, but Kimura is going to be too big, too strong. He's back at his natural flyweight for the belt. It could end up quite ugly. I will always watch Shokimura fight. I don't care if he's fighting a kangaroo. I don't care if it's Tanaka. I don't care if it's Sabio. As long as he is in the ring, sign me up. He's most entertaining, one of the most entertaining guys in this sport, especially with those high socks. You can't stop Shokimura. Uh, Asian boxing podcast, Scott and Colin just chilling, just floating along on a gorgeous uh, afternoon, hopefully where you are. It is where I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> Scott agrees too. Juan Hang, the GOAT. The GOAT all time. Yeah, TBE, not you, Floyd. It's Juan Hang. And you know, just he, he wants to increase his GOAT status by coming to the United States. And that's what he's going to be doing. Right, Scott? He's proven to be an actual world champion. He may have held that WBC title for years. In fact, he's the longest reigning male world champion in the spot. But now, finally, after all these years, he is becoming a world champion. He's getting his passport out. He's going to the USA and defending his title on American soil. They don't make him like they used to. But uh, Juan Hang, he's one of the OGs. He's willing to challenge himself wherever and whenever. With whomever. On April 25th against um, Marco John Ramatizo. Not a name that many will be familiar with. But still, US debut, April 25th. One hang many often. April 25th. Uh, there's some other guy, Asian guy, fighting on that day, right? Uh, uh, I think so. I'm just. I'm not sure. Bob Aaron won't announce the thing, you know. We already know it's like the biggest open secret in the sport. Juan Hang, unfortunately, making his debut, U.S. debut, on the wrong day. Yeah, yeah, he's making it on the same day that, oh, who is it? Andy Hirawaka fights. That's the guy. That's the guy. Oh, and Andy. And, and you get Andy and Naoya. I think I would watch them instead of. Want to hang? Any other big news around uh, Asian boxing? There's the rumor of Norihito Tanaka versus knockout CP Freshman. One hangs Thai buddy um, defending the WBA title against Norihito Tanaka. Potentially, from what the rumor is saying, the 3rd of March, which seems surprisingly close given that we're three weeks away now. Yeah, announce it or deny the rumor, folks, because that's worryingly close. Well, I mean, what, how, how do you prepare? How do you promote the fight? Yeah, it's Thailand. They don't really do promotion properly over there. Uh, I think Shrisaket's next bout is like the following weekend, and they've done next to nothing other than say, Shrisaket's going to fight on March, whenever it is, on work point. Great. Who against? Uh, okay. Great. you got the biggest name in Thai boxing. You're not promoting it. Fantastic. Unfortunately, Koki Inoue versus Daishi Nagata has been delayed due to an injury that Koki Inoue suffered, um, I believe, in their Guam training camp, which didn't work very well this year because Noya uh, started suffering a fever afterwards as well. The only other really interesting bit of news is Musashi Mori has got the date set for his next defence. Um, 
That'll be April 18th when he takes on Shingo Kawamura in a defense of the WBO Asia Pacific featherweight title. He's in the mix, although quite far away from it, for a fight with Shaka Stevenson just on the back of that um, regional title. He is trained by Ismail Salas, and he he's in the right direction for a world title. I think he's number six at the moment. He is a real talent. It's way too early for him. He isn't experienced enough. He doesn't hit hard enough. He's not physically mature enough. So like Stevenson, but given him a couple couple of years, and he will be certainly on the verge of a world title fight. Maury, I like his hair. First of all, dude has the most electric hair in all of boxing. But I think you're right, Stevenson. From what I saw in his last fight, looked really experienced, uh, just sharp. So Maury should probably hold off until he gets a little bit more seasoning asianboxing.info it's the asian boxing podcast scott i know you want to give a shout out to all the patreon supporters and uh, maybe one of them did, did any of them have questions this week i don't know i don't know as unfortunately no questions this week no one likes us enough <laughs> come on guys come on people send us questions um but yeah again Thanks to all the guys that do support the site. It is incredibly uh, helpful to back the site and to help us do what we do do. Hey, do do. Hey, hey, hey. A big thanks to Clement, Dominic, James, Marcus, Nadia, and Tim for the spot they've given the site. If you would like to support, how do you become a Patreon member? It's www.patreon.com forward slash Asian boxing because we're really original when it comes to naming things. No, it's there's not a lot of Asian boxing in the world. There's a lot of Asian boxing in the world. How dare you? There's not a lot of Asian boxing sites in the world. I should have uh, phrased that a little bit better because the first time was not it wasn't good at all. But yeah, go and go and support Scott. What he's doing, man, works hard to get you all all this great content. What do you get if you become a Patreon member? Not a great deal at the moment. There will be a member section um, where we upload things we're not allowed to upload to YouTube because we're very, very naughty people. Uh, The chance to ask questions on the podcast, the chance to nominate fights for features and things like that. You also get a second newsletter going forward. We do send a newsletter. There's one that's coming out late this week. Yay, subscribe. Uh, yeah, the newsletter features a lot of news stuff, downloads that we're getting not allowed to share. So subscribe to the newsletter. Updates will be sent for regarding what benefits patrons will get going forward as well. We need t-shirts. We'll get t-shirts one day. <laughs> Hats. Bumper stickers. Keychains. It's all going to be coming to you Patreon members. It really will be. Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, thanks again for riding along with us this week. We'll talk to you next week.